0: Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Let's open our Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. We're going to read four verses of Scripture, key in on one verse this morning. The Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that He may please Him who hath chosen Him to be a soldier. Let's bow our heads and pray before we dive into this message. Heavenly Father, thank You so much. You've given us Your Word. You've preserved it. It's pure. It's perfect. We trust that Your saints would hear the preaching of Your truth, hear it, believe it, and live by it. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. The Bible says in verse number 4, let's look at it. No man that wore it entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. The affairs of this life are going to be something that you and I are going to battle every day. Let's think on this. We've already learned. Let's be teachable. We've already learned from these verses. Let's be faithful. We already learned what it means to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We learned what it means to be strong. Now, we're in verse 4. And it is time for war. No man that warreth. We're in a battle. The Bible's very, very clear on it. Second Timothy is a great portion of Scripture to get these truths. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 8 says there's a time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Times change. Seasons change. This is what human life's about. We're all going to face different seasons in our lives. And there's a time for everything. Too many Christians today have lost the fact that we're in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual war. There is conflict. And we need men that are going to be able to stand up, be faithful, be teachable, be a good soldier... They got to be ready. They're going to go to war. They got to be ready. All of these things. So, what do we see in this verse, though? What's the first problem, or what is the problem with soldiers for Christ is they get entangled up with the affairs of this life. We leave church on Sunday. And then we get into our life during the week. Do those affairs entangle us or cause us to forget God? When we leave church, is what we do and is how we live our life for God? What we do at our job, is it for God? What we do with our friends, is it for God? Now, I'm not talking about using work time to witness. I'm not talking about wearing your friends out in the same thing all the time. What I'm talking about is where's our heart attitude? Where's our heart motive? Why are we doing what we're doing? Who are we living for? What are we fighting for? Where's God? And that's a question that we should be asking ourselves, not only other, others as well. Are you entangled with the affairs of this life? Is it holding you back from serving the Lord? Is what you and I do for our own glory, or is what you and I do so that God can get the glory? We want God to get the glory. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians chapter 2. Here's a principle we're going to look at. Verse number 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, to the glory of God the Father. Everything Jesus Christ did was to bring glory to the Father. We should live our life in accord to that. Is what we are doing, is how we are thinking, is it bringing glory to God? Do we want God to be glorified? Now look back at verse number 3. Let nothing. But what about this? It says let nothing. What about this situation? Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory is what you're doing for your own glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. How are you going to fight the war against the affairs of this life? Just like this. Don't do anything for vain glory and have lowliness of mind. Esteem that other person better than you. Boys and girls, sometimes you don't need another Bible verse. Sometimes you don't need another Bible study. Sometimes you just need to be a servant who's humble, who's obedient, not vain glory, lowliness of mind. You want to be ready to war? Go to war? Fight? That's the mind you need to have. The mind of Christ. Are you entangled with the affairs of this life? Many, many people dedicate their lives to many, many things. To accomplish great things. Someone that's going to train an Olympic Olympic athlete, he is going to dedicate his life training, preparing. He's going to eat, sleep, and think that's all he's doing. He's ready for war. You know he's going to win? A medal. You know he's going to win? Some glory. You know he's going to have some worldly trinkets he can put up on his wall. I'm not against competition. I'm not against doing better, but what are you doing it for? Competition is good. It allows people to Focus allows people to work toward a goal. allows people to work through failure. It allows them to get better at their trade, whatever they're doing. But again, does it take you away from God? Does it puff you up? Are you the one that has to have the glory? A lot of these things in life, a lot of these affairs in this life aren't sinful things. But if they bring you away from God being glorified and it brings you out of church and it brings you out of wanting to really have the desire to live for God, that's when we've got the problem. Listen, people in this world want somebody to worship. They want somebody to admire. That's why the sports heroes... Our heroes. That's why people spend hours and hours and hours in front of a TV or in front of a sporting event or in front of Hollywood. They want to be like these people. Is it bringing you away from God? Nothing wrong with watching a basketball game. Nothing wrong with watching a football game. Nothing wrong with any of this stuff. Is that guy getting glory? A lot of these things aren't what we do. It's where our hearts are when we're doing them. Do we we still have time for God? Do we still have time for God? That's the war. That's the fight. Boys, you you were bred for battle. You were bred to fight. It's a spiritual battle, and we need boys that are going to grow up to be men who are willing to stand up and fight. Your first war is going to be against your own mind, your own flesh. That's for all of us. Oh, wretched man that I am! We've got to get in the fight. We've got to wage war against our own mind, our own flesh, and the affairs of our life if they're keeping us from growing in Christ. The Lord is a man of war, and the Lord is His name, the Bible says. Are you entangled with the affairs of this life? Boys and girls, you weren't bred. You weren't created by God to sit in front of a TV all day. To sit in front of Facebook all day. To read romance novels all day. To watch the soap operas all day. That's not God's will for your life. He wants you out there doing something for Him in all aspects of your life, you're ministering to other people by your example, by the way you conduct yourself, by your character. As much as I want people out witnessing and evangelizing and really sharing the Gospel with the lost, and as much as you want lost people to be saved, let's face it, we can't give Gospel tracks out every minute of our life there are affairs of our life that we have to take care of. You can't not feed the kids because you want to go out and witness. <laughs> you can't not go to work because you're going to go on for Jesus and you're going you're to preach on the streets all day. Because there's affairs of this life that have to be taken care of, and if you don't take care of those things, well, you're not obeying God. But when you are... Doing these affairs of this life that have to be done, don't allow it to take you off of having the mind of Christ and the mind for Christ. That's the point. And sometimes we've got to wage war against getting entangled in the affairs of this life. We've got to ask ourselves whose side are we on? Our side or God's side? Some of the most talented people in the world in any trade become failures. Because their character falls. Their character fails. You know how many young men, young boys being trained to be preachers that can preach, that know God's Word, But they fail. Why? Because they get caught up in the affairs of this life. And there it is. It just they bomb. You know how many athletes fail because they get mixed up on drugs or they get mixed up with wrong women or they get mixed up with whatever it is. Man, they had a great career, but they blew it. You get so caught up in the affairs of this life, the next thing you know, the husband forgets about his wife because he's successful in one area and he gets respect and he gets attention and he gets admiration from one area and he comes home and he doesn't feel like he's getting the respect that he gets at work he doesn't realize he's not putting the time that he ought to into his family as he is as he's pouring his life into his work and there it goes the thing fails Because even though we do, we need to take care of things in our life. We have to be careful; it doesn't take us away from God and the important, the other important things God would have us do. Two questions: Is your life an act? Are you just putting an act on for church? Are you just putting an act on out in front of your friends? But your heart desires to be back into the worldly things. Do you know that you can uh, look away from something evil, but in your heart still desire that evil? It's an act. Our heart is what God wants, not our act. Second question, who are you? Really? The legacy that you and I leave for our family is going to be dependent on how we act, what we do, how we think, and how we handle the affairs of this life. Sometimes we just need to cry out to God for help to help us in these areas. Let's get Proverbs 24. We're in a spiritual battle. It is wise to get counsel. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse number 6, A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And in multitude of counselors there is safety. There is safety. You know, it's been said, wrinkles means you've laughed. Gray hair means you've cared, and scars means you've lived. And we've all got some battle scars. We've all got some wounds that are left from fighting a war in your lifetime. Your life and my life, you know what it's going to be full of? Obstacles. You can't avoid them. They're put in your way to see if what you want is really worth fighting for. Christian, pay attention. There's going to be obstacles in your life. You're in a spiritual war. Young Christians, you don't have the life experience yet. You haven't had enough failures yet and hardship. It's wise for you to be around older Christians to get the counsel that you're going to need to go on to do great things. You're not a puppy. It'd be, it'd be great to be a puppy, wouldn't it? Life is all about snuggles and pet petting and cupcakes and ice cream and cuddle hugs and cuddle naps. You're not a puppy! And life isn't about being a puppy. It's going to be full of obstacles. Enjoy the puppy times. Enjoy those times. But keep in mind, the obstacle is going to come. The obstacle is going to come. Alright. you in a war. You're in a spiritual battle. You know what you got to do? Identify who the enemy is. You know what all sports do? You know what we do in martial arts? You watch the film on the other guy to see where his strengths are. And then you try to exploit where his weaknesses are. You try to battle his strong point, you're probably going to lose. But if you can find some holes in his game, you can find some weaknesses, now you have a chance at winning. That's what the basketball team does against the other basketball team. That's what the football team does against the other football team. And they're going to figure out, when they run this play, here's the hole in the game. We can exploit that and hopefully come out As the winner, as the victor. Here's what the Bible says. He is. All right, let's get John 8. Second John. John 8 and Second John. John 8, verse number 44. The Bible says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. You know who your enemy is? He's a murderer. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Satan's your enemy. Second John. The Bible says in verse number 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. That's your enemy. Somebody comes and says, Jesus Christ, Is not God, that man or that woman, that is the enemy. Identify that. They're deceivers and they are anti Christ, against Jesus Christ. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 8. God's word says, Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know who your, your enemy is? He's a hunter. He's a master hunter. He's a disguised, deceiving hunter. And he's unseen. He doesn't care that you don't see him. He prefers that you don't. You go out hunting for something, you don't want that rabbit sensing you or seeing you. You prefer it that way. But just because you don't see the enemy, it doesn't mean he's not there. Get Ephesians chapter 6 and 2 Corinthians 11. Amen. This is good. Being in the Bible. Ephesians chapter number 6 and 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, you don't see it, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Most of the time, you don't see these things. This wickedness gets into your heart. These principalities and powers affect your mind. And there's the battle. It's not a fleshly battle, boys and girls, it's a spiritual battle. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 14. And no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Well, looky here. He's going to become whatever he needs to become to get you to desire him. I mean, who wouldn't like an angel of light? It's so bright, it's so nice, it's so pretty. It's so appealing. It's so alluring. He's going to disguise himself. How do you win the war? Against the affairs of this life? How do you win the war against your flesh? Against all the unwise counsel? Against the bad advice? Against the devil who's your adversary? you got to be alert. You must be willing to get in the fight. But a lot of Christians are like bodybuilders. They like to exercise. They like to work out their muscles. But you know all they do? All they do is stand in the mirror and flex. (laughs) How about getting out there and fighting? How about rallying yourself to go on for God? How about actually getting excited about hey, Jesus Christ is worth living for. I don't have to sit and waste my life. I've got something more important to live for. How about that? Woo! That's exciting. That's exciting to live for Christ. That's how you win the war. You get out there and you get in the fight and you quit looking in the mirror at yourself and flexing your muscles because you're weaker than you think you are. Get the mind of Christ. And that's the way to win the war. You got to fill your battle tank with the right ammo. Get Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. This is good here. If you're awake, kids, say amen. Luke chapter eleven verse number twenty one. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 11, uh, verse twenty one in Luke eleven. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. See, see, he's got the upper hand. It's all good. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. You see, so you're okay unless what? Somebody stronger than you comes along. Once somebody more powerful steps in, uh uh-oh. Now look, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. There's no neutral ground. There's no neutral ground here. Look at it. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. Sin doesn't find enjoyment alone. Guess what misery loves? Company. And guess what? There's not one person in hell. There's countless souls there. And continue, and when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Nothing's there. Everything's empty. And it's empty of all goodness. And just like your heart, you can get rid of all the worldly things, But if it's not replaced with something else, you're left right back in the same spot and you're worst off. Get rid of all the worldly things in your life. Great. You know what still isn't in there? Christ. Your heart has to be filled with righteousness. And that can only come from receiving the Lord Jesus Christ And trusting Him as Savior. He will give you His imputed righteousness. He doesn't want to come into your wicked heart. He's going to give you His imputed righteousness. Because you can't be right without Him. And then out of a heart that is filled with the love of Christ. That's when good things come out that's when Christ-like things come out. You can get rid of all the worldly things in your life and you can try to clean up your life on your own and that's great, but you're still going to be empty of all righteousness without Jesus Christ as your Savior. And your life's going to turn out worse. Look, "...then goeth He, and taketh to Him seven other spirits," more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. People don't reject Christ because there hasn't been enough evidence given to them. They reject Christ because they're just wicked and their hearts are wicked and they're enemies of God. And every time you reject the truth that condemns you, your state becomes worse and worse and worse than you started off as. And every time you witness to a lost man, he hears the Gospel and he rejects it, his heart gets further from God. And then he hears it again. Look, seeds are sown. and We pray that he'd receive the truth And yes, look, you keep giving it. You keep giving it. But the more people reject God, the further they get from receiving Him. You're talking to somebody and they just keep rejecting truth, rejecting truth, rejecting truth, rejecting truth. They're pushing themselves away from God. It's not God pushing Him. God's not going to push anybody away from Himself. He came to draw all men toward him. It's just men, it's just the wickedness of man's heart. All right, so you can't win the war if you're not filled your heart with Christ. We all need Jesus Christ. He is the strong man that can win the war for you. Get Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, we'll start at verse number 1. All right, let's see what the Bible has for us here. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have given in thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately, His feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified His Son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate when He was determined to let Him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith, in his name hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. This is a man that was filled with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who gave him strength to stand, strength to walk, strength to leap for joy, the joy in his heart to praise God. And when he was full of Christ, you know what his friends did? They stood in awe and they stood in amazement. You don't win the war by your own strength, you win the war. Through the power of Christ. That's how you leap for joy. And that's why you praise God. If you deny the Holy One, if you deny the Just One, you've lost the war. You've killed the Prince of Life to work in your life. And guess what? If he didn't rise from the grave, we've got no victory. But we do. Because He's a risen Savior. And He is alive forevermore. And my friends, none of us can win the war over death. None of us can. That's a battle we can't win. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, He has given you the weapon of His testimony. The Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Life vanishes away quick. You're not saved. Your soul needs to be converted. The Bible says, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Ah, Life so precious. We only have such a short time. In light of eternity, we don't have a lot of time. We don't. Let's get into battle. Let's get in the war. Let's fight for the cause of Christ. If you're not saved, the Bible says, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The way to win the war over death is to be filled with Christ. He is the only one that defeated death. He did it on the cross. The Bible says, seeing then that we have a high, a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. The Bible says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Sinless sacrifice. And then the Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Grace is received through faith so then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You can have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Our life is a vapor. The Bible says to draw nigh to God. Salvation is only by God's grace through faith in the finished cross work. To win this Christian life, to live for Christ, we can't, to win the war, we can't be entangled in the affairs of this life. We've got to be able to receive wise counsel from older, wiser Christians to be victorious, to be set free from the bonds of sin and death, can only happen by putting your trust in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can win the war against death. He's done that on the cross. And that's why we can sing victory in Jesus. Lastly, the Bible says in Psalms 18.34, He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. You know who David acquires all his attributes to? God. And that's how he can have the extraordinary strength to bend a bow of steel. Every single gift that you have is from God. It's not for your own vain glory. It's to be used to give Him glory. And He will give you the strength to win the war. Would you bow with me, please? Lord Jesus, thank You so much for dying on the cross, for defeating death, for winning the victory for us. You've won that war, Lord, and we thank You and praise You for giving us the victory. Lord, we pray that we as Christians would be able to live our life, to not be entangled in the affairs of this life, but to desire to want to live for You, Lord, and love You more. In Jesus Christ's name, we ask that we apply these principles to our lives this week. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church, where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.